What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of HVAC R&D. Um, tonight, we're going to get a little serious on you. Um, I know last episode, we, we talked about uh, you know what it's like to, to form a partnership with a distributor. Um, as you know, we're on the distributor side. We got Ryden. He's a salesman, and I'm the tech guy over here. But tonight, what I really want to focus on is how to make a million dollars in HVAC. Um, so we got some young contractors out there. We got some owners, so stay tuned for this episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Here we go. So like Dennis said, everybody, we really wanted to get serious tonight and talk about some things that we really think could help you guys grow your businesses and also just make it to where you're starting to develop continued relationships, both on your residential customer side, potential to like commercial stuff, as well as, you know, really building your strong service department, because that's also where you build a lot of your cash flow. Um, I know with a lot of guys starting out, one of the biggest things you have to pay attention to is you have to make sure that when you're starting your company, you're not building yourself a job. You want to develop your business over time. You want to make sure that you're working on your business, but you're not stuck working in your business. Yep. Um, you know, if you want to look at some good resources like that, um, Michael Gerber is a great author. He wrote the E-Myth um, as well as E-Myth Revisited. He also wrote an actual HVAC-focused E-Myth book. Um, you know, I'd recommend that for some great business-building ideas and also just to really help you guys kind of start looking at some other things you can do to help develop your business. Yeah, I was going to say, I had a, <clears throat> a neighbor of mine that uh, you were talking about working for your company or in your company, Um so he went to culinary school and uh, got out, got his own uh, catering business going, finally opened up a little small shop um, for lunch, you know, open for lunch, closed around two for all the, uh, I think he was near, you know, a courthouse and stuff like that and uh, got some people in there and he could not get away from it. He, he had to touch every single thing. Couldn't trust anybody to do it because it wasn't his way. And he works at Amazon now. So <laughs> uh, he he couldn't, uh, he, he had some guys that were going to invest in him. And they said, look, if we're going to put money in this, you're going to have to open up another one and another one. And you got to let those go. You got to let them go on their own. Um, you got to step out and start looking in. And he couldn't do it. He just physically, mentally couldn't do it. Um, sad, but 
and he knows it. He knows that's why he, he can't be successful. Um, in that, in that industry, he just, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's easy to say until you've been in that position. Absolutely. Um, you know, my old boss in HVAC was the same way. He, I'll just do it. I'll just be over there and do it. And you're like, well, I mean, you know, I can, I can do it. No, no, I'll just do it. Next thing you know, he's in the hospital because he's dehydrated, been in attics all day and trying to run around and fix everybody's stuff for him. So you gotta, you gotta find that balance. Right. Speaking of balance, um, one of the things that we also find happens in this business is we don't stop working. We work no. all day long, all night long. We neglect our friends. We neglect our, most importantly, our families. Um, we neglect ourselves. So, you know, sorry guys, you uh, you fell for the thirst trap. Uh, tonight, Dennis and I are just going <laughs> to hang out, and we're going to yeah, talk not gonna... <laughs> about stuff we really want to talk about. Not that we don't like talking about HVAC and really getting you guys great information. Honestly, everything you just heard the last five minutes is great solid information seriously yeah um yeah i don't if i knew how to make a million dollars in hvac i wouldn't be doing a podcast and telling you about it um (laughs) but there are plenty of guys that say they have and that's why they do their podcast know that that's right yeah no you can definitely it's definitely a license to print money i've always said that once i got in this industry um it takes money to make money too, though. So I had a lady, I was doing a service call at a, at a little small donut shop. And she said, uh, I said, this is like, you're seriously in here just making donuts for a living. Like, this is fantastic. And she said, you know how you make a million dollars with a donut company? She's like, you start with a million and two to 200,000. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. She said, yeah, this is, this is, I just do this because I like to do it. She said, this is completely dead end. It's, there's no money in this. <laughs> a private, do- yeah, you can't compete with the big, the big box stores in the donut industry, apparently. No, you um, really can't. I remember when, <laughs> when uh, Chris and I first moved to the Charlotte area, when I started working here almost eight years ago, it'll be eight years next month, which is crazy. Um, there was a a great little private donut shop over where we first lived and it it made it like one or two years didn't make it yeah she said it's so she was talking about how she has to you know come in four hours before they even open which is early it's crap and uh try to figure out what everybody's gonna buy for the day but has no idea because no. she's got to bake all that and hope they buy it. If it's not a good flavor, guess what? They just toss them. They toss them right out and uh, just throw a profit right out the back. Now, I'll tell you, I can relate that to, to what we've got going on with work <laughs> right now because um, we've had we had a lot busier, a lot busier January than we expected. Um, you know, we're all still coming out of equipment shortages last year every manufacturer every distributor everybody had them people can try to say they didn't they're full of it everybody had one to an extent um but you know we're still coming out of things lead times are still really long so a lot of things that are showing up right now we actually ordered 
you know, at the end of Q3, beginning of Q4 last year. Um, so the headache is when you've had a, a really, really busy start of the year that, you know, you plan for a certain amount of growth, but sometimes you don't always plan for as much as could happen. And we're now we're in that one right now and we're working to continue on reorders. But with some of the new business we have coming in this year, it's trying to figure out how much do you order of, of each different product family? You know, are we going to be right. all 14 seer? Are we going to be more mid seer? Are we going to be high seer? It gets, it starts getting really hard to, to really determine it. And I know there's times where guys get frustrated that you don't just have some of every single thing on the floor. And a lot of times you have some of everything on the floor, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you can have a spike on something and that came out of nowhere. It just happens. Yeah. I was talking to a guy today that, that does the ordering for that. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, right. Ryan brought in, uh, you know, several, several new companies. Um, cause we picked them up, you know, another place ran out of equipment. They came by to get something liked how we did everything. It's like, sweet met me or whatever. Um, and now here they are your own horn there, Dennis. And he's like, do what? I'll I'll put that in there. (laughs) I'll put that in there. (laughs) I'll have to throw the the sound effect in there. No. So, and you pick up a guy and he's like, yeah, I like to just basically sell 17 and 20 seer stuff. It's like, Oh, really? So, all right. So we'll get to ordering that. Um, Cause we got one or two in here or whatever. Cause you know, you move that and then you don't move it. And then you give a guy a unit and it's a 2017 model. And they're like, why is this so old? And, and a lot of times it's cause you've had, you know, you ordered two, five times when the stuff first came out and you sat on one forever. It sometimes right. it just happens. Um, and <laughs> you know, the other thing too is, I can sit down with a guy and we can discuss what we think his product mix is going to be all day long. And then two months later, he hears something, reads an article, meets a different, a different tech person, talks to someone from a factory and his entire position changes. Right. Well, we've got eight weeks in the pipeline now. We've got, you know, (laughs) eight weeks in the pipeline now for things that are ordered, we've got, coming based on this philosophy but now this is all gone bye-bye and he's going over here that's a huge thing to try to figure out how to deal with too oh yeah oh it's well i well i remember when i was in the field as a selling tech um we didn't have a salesman we had four techs and everybody's got to try to sell some equipment as they're fixing stuff so um when I started offering, of course, this is another good tip, but it sounds really simple, but a lot of people don't do it. When I started offering, well, first of all, just offering 20 seer or 17, if you don't offer it, they're not going to buy it. Um, yep. You offer 14 because that's what you're comfortable with, you're going to sell 14. Um, but I would, you know, the good, better, best is always out there. It's been around for millions of years, whatever. Um it was 15, 17, 20 or whatever your, you know, brand is and whatever their mix is. But, um, we sold more 17 than anybody. Cause it was in the middle. Homeowners like to take the middle. They don't know anything about it. I don't care what they read on Google or YouTube. It, it just doesn't matter. Like they still don't know what they're buying half the time. No, they don't. Um, 
they really are buying <clears throat> you. They're buying your brand. So, you know, when you show up and you start talking, it, it doesn't matter what you're selling. That lady's decided if she's going to buy something from you or not right out of the gate. And, I you mean, know, and there's, and there are going to be those people that just demand a certain brand. And, and honestly, yeah, maybe they had one yep. that's 25 years old now and they're going to take the same thing again. Just give it to me. And, and you know what? Sometimes either you have to do that or you just choose to step away. You let someone else deal with it. You know, if you're right. friends with a buddy that sells that brand, send them to that guy. Maybe you'd trade, trade a job back and forth here and there, help each other out. And that's, that's another thing. There's so many, so many guys are cutthroat against each other. Now it, you know, used to, you know, dad and I had competitors, but usually two out of three of the other contractors, we, you know, were some, some way, shape or form, at least friendly or on decent terms with, um, right. You try to be, especially when it's a small market, but even big markets, um, the more you beat each other up, the less money you, all y'all make. The less money everybody <laughs> makes, and and the truth of it, um, and there there is a fine line between um, fair and going too far. I completely believe in right. that. Oh yeah, but you know the homeowner, in most cases, it's your job to sell them on what they want to feel in their home. Nothing's paying for itself anymore. Paybacks are, are done. It's just no. it's not there. Um, you're basically you are selling them how to be comfortable in their home. So, changing the subject a little bit because you said we we're just going to talk about whatever. Um, I seen on HVAC news they're talking about how the stocks are. HVAC stocks are supposed to be looking good this year. I don't know which ones they're talking about. They didn't want to throw those in there. Well, of course not. Um, <laughs> so me and Ryan like to dabble in the stock market, by the way. Um, we are subpar at it. That's, at uh, that's actually our real plan. Actually, that's part, <laughs> that's part of our real plan of making millions in HVAC. We, we work in this industry so that we can afford to play in the stock market and at the craps table. And we hope one of those other two works out first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought some of the, it's actually Doge coin, by the way. But oh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think doggy coin sounds better. I do too. It's D O G E coin. So it's like a Bitcoin. It's a currency stock. I mean, so apparently there's like, you know, 50 big, there's 50 crypto stocks out there. I had no idea there was that many. Um, it's like a three, four cent stock, but it goes up and down like crazy. It's, you know, it's definitely not a good investment if you're doing that, but it, I threw, you know, hundred bucks at it. If it, if it goes out of sight in a year. Yeah. Great. No joke. It's kind of up and down. It's actually on a down right now. But if it opens, oh, of course it is. Because if I, it opens, no, it. no, it's it's up <laughs> for the day. But at its moment right now, and after hours, the way it's moving, it's down just a little bit. It's still forty six cents a share, or a coin. Yeah, I'm, I'm is down. That, a is it called? Of bucks. A, are you, so is it a coin or is it a share? I I don't know. <laughs> I bought this. I have no idea. Like it, it doesn't even trade the same. It just 
I don't know. I can't set limits and all this stuff on it, at least that's, not from Robin Hood. Interesting. But, um, interesting. Actually, so, I, had, I had one take, uh, what was it? New Providence took a little bit of a run today and I sold, I sold it just to get, um, just to get out of it and, and free up some money to work with. Cause I've just been tied into several for so long. I needed to take some profit and be able to move some stuff around. I was going to say, so I was messing with it today and on Robinhood you can. So when you hit sell, it gives you all those different orders, limit orders. Mm-hmm. So there's a trailing stop order. So what that is, as you bought it for a dollar as it's going up, you can set a limit for it to sell if it drops to a certain percentage. So I was, was going to say, yeah. I've, I've read about those, but I haven't actually used one. Right. So let's say you bought it a dollar. You can set it to where as it's going up, your your trailer is going up with it. Yeah. And it, if it ever drops 10% or you set that limit, if it drops 10 or 5 or 20 when it ever drops to that point, it'll sell it. So you get that profit. The problem is if you set them too close together, yep. it'll touch it, sell it, and then it'll go back up yep. and, you, and you're out of, you know, your position's gone. But yep. um, I'm trying to, it's not a bad one for like a, it's just still help you on a big plummet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I left a little on the table with that one. I sold it right right below sixteen dollars when it started to drop again around three forty. And I'm I don't like doing things after hours because it never goes through. I always end up getting screwed over. <laughs> oh so, yeah, it opens up. Ah, so it actually it, it went back up over. I think it closed at sixteen fifty, but I mean I I made four bucks a share. I'll take it. That's. And, Good, Four bucks yeah. a share in forty-five days. I mean, you only had like you would you put twenty grand in it. I wish I'd put twenty grand in it. <laughs> yeah, more like we're, a, we're more like, like a hundred dollars in my high roller self over here. <laughs> yeah, we're so so. Me and Ryan like to gamble. I mean, I don't know. That's just what we do. Um, so we try to go into if they ever build that casino close by us, it's gonna be bad. I know it's gonna be on. But we like to take, and he's just like me, and I like to go in the casino with like five hundred bucks. If I can't make money on five hundred bucks, I don't need to be in there anyway. That's just the way I look at it. I don't need to roll in there with five, six grand. Um, but you also you can't roll in there with two hundred because you have no, no room for any level of failure and comeback. No, we playing craps like two hundreds is gonna get you started. <laughs> That's just enough to uh, piss you off. But we have played twenty four hours straight. And I, I think <laughs> we have. <laughs> we broke even. Yeah, on on we literally, yeah, we literally went up there. I mean I didn't I didn't take out a few hundred dollars, but and we played, and then we ate, and then we played, and then we ate again. Never, we went back to the room and was like, "Let's just take a little break." Worst idea ever. I don't <laughs> yeah. know who came yeah, up with that. That was awful. It, and <laughs> I literally laid on the bed there. I don't know why we even got a room. I really don't. 
I, I, I laid on the bed and went into a coma immediately. <laughs> oh, I slept for 20 minutes and Ryan woke me up and I felt like I just got hit by a car. Like, <laughs> terrible idea. We got it. We got to drive today. Then we no. went and ate Mudruckers, I think, right? No, 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 we went and. Or whatever it is in there. Uh, Johnny God, Rockets. Felt, <laughs> Johnny Rockets. That's it. God, I felt horrible. That power. I don't even know why they call it that. I can't do it. I, know, I can't Kristen, do it. Kristen was listening to a, a webinar the other day, and part of it was talking about. If you're going to nap, don't take one for longer than 30 minutes. I mean, I'm just getting started at 30 minutes. Like, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. see the point in laying down if I'm if I'm not getting. Well, I don't know how long. I think I went to the gym that morning at, at four. We drove up there. Like when I when I closed my eyes, I don't know what time we took a break. Three or more. It was like four, three or four a.m. Like I, I started break. I started sweating. Like I went into this deep ass sleep. Uh, it was terrible. God, I got home. My my son was like, "Why? Did he, what's wrong with your eyes?" I'm like, "Buddy, I don't even ask." I've been up for a while. How much do you win? Nothing. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to bed. I broke even though. Every time I tell Tracy I broke even, she's like, right. So really you lost so what that means. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was gonna t- so what kind of uh what kind of issues you have today with anybody? Anything? Um today I had a million calls. Yeah. Today Knockwood outside of uh our one guy that's having frustrations with his mini split cable, which we can, was, there's, there's going to be a nice little, nice little tech tip. Cause I don't know what you found out about it. Um, I'll start yeah, it. I, yeah, I was going to say I can start <laughs> it and I'll let you take off. With Go ahead. It. Um, so I had a contractor that's got maybe eight mini splits in this building. Um, there's, I think four single heads and then there's one three head multi multi system. And the, communication cable for the three of them um because of this being a bit of a remodel he could not get a full length of communication cable to any of those three he had to splice all three of them and based on that he started having some issues which is where dennis comes in take it away right so he had yeah so he got a communication error on all three heads, which, so if you've got one cable that's wrong, right? You got three cables, you got three cables per head or three, three wires. You got one communicating two power. Um, in this particular brand that we got, you, you can get an, you can get an error just on one head. Uh, if that cables there's, you know, Typically, the call I get with that error code is um, they got one and three or one and two crisscrossed by the time it made it to the head, you know, between the, the installers, they just mixed them up, which is, you know, that's common. No big deal. So he's got this error code on all three, which is kind of throws up a red flag. So they tell you never, ever, ever, you know, 
It's not in a book. Do not ever splice communication cable, right? But, you know, I've done it. Um, actually, the store we have in Forest Park, Georgia, the mini split there, it's a Fujitsu. It's, but it's got a splice in it, which we use butt connectors there, which um, if you're going to do it, that's what you're supposed to use. Here's what I learned today, though. Um, and I'm definitely not telling you to splice, right? Still, you gotta you gotta stay with me there. <laughs> Public service announcement: Don't uh, yeah. splice. Yeah. So, if you're gonna splice a wire and you just ha- absolutely have to, don't splice them in the same area, right? So, makes ton of sense now that I look at it. So, you got three wires going there. Don't just cut it. Tie them all together right there. Because remember, you got communication wire and then you got power right next to it. So what a lot of guys do is they'll put three butt connectors next to each other. Well, that butt connector ain't, it's not a shield. So now you got this power. And I think that's what's happening with him. You see? So it kind of makes sense. You really got to kind of think about it. Um, So whether you can go a foot up or six inches or whatever, they're just not right next to each other so um of course circling back like if you got a if you got an error code on all three heads it could be his outdoor board not communicating with anything which once again that's rare i'm just telling you um especially on a mini split a a bad board out of the box is like he should buy a scratch off well that's what I had told him in terms of that, I said, well, fix one of the three. And if it works yeah. and the code goes away, then, you know, it'll fix the rest of them. Don't, it's like, don't fix right. all of them first before you test one of them. Yeah. I mean, I called tech support and told them what we had and they're like, Hmm, <laughs> they didn't want to touch it. Like they're like, and that's when he kind of let that little secret slip out, which it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we got on our 20 seer communicating, right? When you can't get more than three wires under a screw when you're doing zoning, um, you have to make a pigtail. So you put them all. It's funny how in the book they call it a, a bus mm-hmm. connection. Like I've had guys call me and go, Hey, do you, what's the partner on that thing? I'm like, well, it's actually a pack of blue wire nuts. Um, <laughs> it's a pack of blue wire nuts. It's a pack of blue wire nuts because there is no such thing as a, you know, they're, they're probably, they're picturing like a, like a fuse block type thing where you put everything under a screw, which that'd be great. But what they're saying is you tie all your wires together, leave one pigtail wire hanging out, tie that into the board. So that works just fine. I mean, good, tight wire nuts um so yeah i think he's got i think that may be what he's got so what he's going to do is he's going to redo the butt connection he's going to use heat shrink around each one then he's going to take the power wires and heat shrink them together on their own (laughs) you know he's and i said hey you know i might fix it so if it doesn't, uh, I'll give you their tech support number. No, <laughs> oh, jeez. 
because you might need another outdoor unit. I mean, I like I said, I, I doubt it's the I doubt it's the board. I mean, I really do. Um, I mean, the guy does he does a good job. He's trying. Um, and they were they were working with me. I called him for him. I was like, let me let me just talk to him. They were like, well, is he pulling it through like metal studs? Did he snatch it through? Is he? I'm like, the chances of him ripping all three of these, or they're all catching on a nail, or I'm like, that's not what we're dealing with here. Well, and it would, I would be, or I would have been more worried about that if it wasn't shielded, because all of our mini split cable, the passcode where we are, we've got to have shielded cable. Um, Yeah, it's like BX cable. It's metal, like jacketed. Um, See, in Georgia, we use just, I just use the SO cable, they call it, the rubber black um, you know what do you got? We we sell that too, or we used to. Well, and and we still do. Like, and I know my dad in the mountains. He he uses it. He doesn't have to have shielded up there. It's yeah. I just run every, it every county. Time. Yeah, every well, county picks whatever they decide they want to enforce. So yeah, that was uh. I've been getting this weather right here. Of course, it's just our market. Like, I get a ton of calls on heat pumps. Um, I can't stress this enough. And like I said, I, this podcast is kind of made for, uh, we were going to touch on this for you guys to listen to in between calls. Right. So, um, definitely reach out to us if you want some more technical information. I get kind of burned out during the day. So, but I don't want to put a, a, just be technical the whole time, but on the heat pump side, don't forget, you know, you, you got to ohm out these coal sensors uh, when these things are, if they're not going in the defrost, um, instead of just swapping the board, I always want to know what I'm actually repairing, what's actually broke. Um, nine times out of 10, it's not the defrost board. And this goes for any brand. It's the, uh, it's the sensor, right? You walk up on it and it's frozen. Um, take that sensor off let it reach outdoor temp, whatever it is, ohm it out, see what the reading is, compare it to a chart, whatever that may be for your brand. Um, if it's off, it's off. If it's not, then you can move on. But yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting tons of calls on that. Um, what, what did I have today? I had an odd one today. Oh, and <laughs> so, of course i'm an airflow guy right <clears throat> it's everything um i get i get a lot of calls when it gets really cold uh this limit on my furnace keeps tripping right it trips out in like five minutes or, or actually less than that a guy called me i said is it is the system zoned well yeah how'd you know that ah uh, just a guess just a, um yep. so yeah <laughs> Yeah, make sure that bypass is not opened up all the way while the other zones are open, dumping hot air. Yep. Um, make sure the bypass is nice and long if you can. Um, and I always put it in the worst situation, right? Like this guy had um, their grandmother's in town. She's staying in a room. She's freezing. She's turning the stat up. Nobody ever stays in that room. Now, all of a sudden, she's got the only zone open, and it's dumping, you know, tons of air into the return. Next thing you know, it goes out on limit. So, 
put it in the worst case scenario and see what happens. Um, of course, this poor guy didn't have a he didn't have no way to take static pressure or take temps or anything, and we we still got it figured out. But make sure you got tools for the job as well. <laughs> Another PSA for the there you go. That's how you make a million dollars in HVAC. Kind of like that old uh, knowing which valve to turn story they always talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so how do you make a million dollars in sales, right? How do you make a million dollars in sales? Um, you actually, in HVAC. Well, I was going to say in HVAC, <laughs> you actually have to know your market, have a competitive price, and know how to sell to the homeowner. Um Knowing how to sell the homeowner is basically about just being honest and, and talking to them about how their you know how their home feels, what do they want what do they want out of a system and building a solution for that that home. Um, so a- I got a good question for you that when I was in the field, now you you've seen this more because you actually get to see companies grow or or tank or whatever. Yep. What do you think about when do you think a company should get a, a true salesman, right? Everybody tries to wait. How much money should we be? What's our revenue? Should, you know, do we need a salesman? Should we teach our techs to sell equipment? I mean, I get I, that a lot. I think in most cases, um, I've seen companies of all shapes and sizes do it both ways. Um, for some companies, especially if, let's say, let's say it's mostly, I would say, veterans of the field, guys that are in their forties, in a lot right. of cases it may be, you know, there's two or three install crews and there's four service guys, and all four of those service guys may actually be selling techs, and they don't have right. a salesperson because their service side is turning over um, just as many leads and sales to keep the install guys going. Um, and then I right, know, that's the other yeah. thing, keeping them busy. So it, it, it really depends at sometimes on your business model. If you were built on service AOR, you know, selling techs is a great option. Now you may, you may have some techs that you find just aren't cut out to sell. That's okay. It happens. Yeah. We, um, right. We had a couple. You, know, you can't okay. force that. Yeah. You can't force that. So, you know, depending on the amount of guys you have that just cannot be turned into salespeople or be taught to have, you know, some basic sales training, then maybe you do need to have one sales guy on standby. Let's say you've got, say you've got five techs and two of them can sell, three of them can't. As the owner, you can kind of pick and choose. You may want to hire a sales guy or you may be able to do it yourself for a little while. But as soon as you get one or two more of those guys, you got to have more hands than yourself because you have to get back to, like we said, working on it, right. not in it. I've also seen a lot of owners that are like, that are, they get, they got about three techs, two or three techs. They got a couple crews. Those techs can kind of keep them busy. And he insists on doing all the quotes. Yes. Um, seen that too now and now which is fine but we all know sitting here talking some people can sell some people can't yep now everybody gets there's a fine line everybody gets it confused with ripping somebody off or selling them a bullshit sandwich whatever but 
we are not in this for nonprofit, right? Nobody is. <laughs> so this is a this is for profit. Um, you need to know what it takes to make a profit, whether you're large or small. It may not take much, right? I mean, as you grow, your price has got to go up. It just got to go up. Don't knock that guy down there for being for for charging more than you. He may have double the overhead. It just is what it is. That's it. Um, but uh, yeah, I see a lot of the owners sometimes. Like, yeah, I, you know, I do my own. I go around and do all the quotes because that's a good way to start getting out of the field. Yep. But I knew some guys that did that, and they couldn't sell their way, or they. They never could sell anything other than the bare, bare minimum. Yep. Um, they didn't ever sell any UV lights or, or anything, you know, ductwork modifications, upgrades, you know, let's just equipment for equipment. Um, well, you want to talk, you, know, you want to talk, you know, add on sales right now. If, if you guys aren't selling UV lights or some kind of air purification, you guys are all missing the boat. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> that's plastered everywhere right now. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it is massively in demand and this, and that's not me saying that that's not me saying that it's, you're just picking everybody's pocket. No, this, this stuff works and there's, you know, there's a reason it's become so much more in demand. It's, you know, people are having yeah, I mean, healthier I'm not- home environments from it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not telling you to sell sell UV lights and tell them they can't get COVID because I got a sweet bad boy UV light here and and COVID slapped me right in the face. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, it's great for your house. Um, my son, I mean, he had the worst asthma ever. And we finally put a UV light in when I first got into this industry and almost all of his problems went away. Now, if he spent the night at somebody else's house, he was in bad shape if they had a dog or something. But when he was at my house, he was good to go. And, uh, you know, kind of find out he's allergic to everything. But, and I mean, it's, it's, it's legit. I mean, UV lights are real. I mean, hospitals run them. It's, it's a real thing. But right now with kind of what's going on, you know, flu season, yada, yada. I mean, they're not they're not a hard sell they really aren't and there's pretty good profit there there is um i've worked for companies where you know we bought a uv light for two or three hundred bucks and we put them in for 1500 and homeowners said well i'll take one for each system right it's not about what you would buy that's where you start losing got losing selling tax you know I wouldn't put that in my house. I wouldn't pay for that. It's not about that. Nope. It's about what they want. People like to buy stuff. So. And they can't buy what they don't know about. That's right. Don't be scared to throw it out there. You'd be surprised. If you come off as a genuine guy or girl. I've been seeing. uh, What happened to that? I've been seeing. There's. there's, Last couple years, they were really pushing females for techs. I've seen a lot of commercials on the radio and stuff. I mean, I've, I still continue to see more and more. I know um, one of the new guys that just started his business back in, in November that started buying from us just hired a female in the field. So, I mean, it's it's becoming more and more common. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we need to get some trades 
need to get need to get this stuff in high school. Yeah. Well, I was talking to the factory guy the other day, and he said, "What's the answer?" He said, "You guys always call me and say, man, I can't believe that guy didn't know what static pressure was, and this kid didn't know this, and you know, 24 volts, like he's just completely lost." Like he's like, "What's the answer? Like, how do we as a as a brand, as the factory, or you guys, how do we fix that?" And I said, "Man, I, it's got to start way before they start buying from us." That I is- believe. That is completely true. I actually went and met with, I can't remember if we talked about this or not on an episode before, but I'll talk about it a little bit again. I went and met with um, a local high school here that, that was building a new you know, trade department to actually start bringing some trades back into the school. They actually already had a partnership with a local uh, water sprinkler company that they were placing you know kids in, in jobs straight out of high school into the, into, oh, cool. you know, uh, fire sprinklers and other things like that. So they're building a new lab, but they wanted to have someone come in and just talk about heating and air conditioning to, you know, these groups of high school kids and trying to figure out how to, you know, how to explain to them what heating and air conditioning is and why they should even care when it's a 15 year old kid that's doesn't even have any idea what they want to do in life or even hear about it. It just, and then <laughs> the contractor I was with, God love him. He's just not a, a stand up in front of people and talk person. Right. Um, and you know, he was doing it cause is this the one where his kid, he took him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um, know who we're talking about, but it just, I love the, the teacher. She was, she was super nice. Um, she was very grateful. She sent me a very nice thank you note for coming and talking in the class. But, you know, maybe I think out of about 80 kids, I think maybe two had any interest of even paying attention. Wow. I mean, well, they're just, rough. I mean, I, I mean, look back when you were 15, 16, did you, <laughs> I mean, I was, <laughs> I was going to be a pro well, baseball player. Like, don't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I was also the kid that loved drafting in high school, so I was. Oh man, I took drafting ooh, every year. So I'm kind of like I feel like I kind of you know. I mean, I was always just technical minded. Like I love that stuff, just taking stuff apart. I remember my dad bought this TV. I don't know how old I was, probably seven. The tiny little TV, like a six-inch tube, oh, portable, yeah. right? It had like 10D batteries in it. Mm-hmm. Had an antenna, popped up, and I don't think it was, it might have been black and white, but to be able to watch TV, you know, outside of the house, it was like nuts, right? So I'm like, how does this thing work? Yeah. Took it apart, completely took it apart, could not get any of it back together. lost screws so then i just started hiding parts all over the house because i freaked out Uh, so he would just find the speaker over here like where's my damn tv and he oh here's okay here's a here's a button from it like yeah i mean so you know this was back in the day so you know i got tore up for that one (laughs) but that was just the way my mind worked like and drafting was just it was just drawing it, you know, same thing. We were drawing bolts and screws and yeah, 
um, stuff like that. See, that was that was our very first. That was like drafting one was uh, just basic mechanical, right? Doing everything on. Um, yeah, I took four years of drafting. I still got all my stuff too. I have to bring it in. <laughs> I've got all my own too. <laughs> like I still know exactly where it is. Somewhere, it's actually not very far from I think where the rat tail resides. Oh God! All right, so what do we have coming up guest wise? I know we keep throwing that out there, but I, we actually do have two that we're gonna. <laughs> we do. We have one two. of them is gonna be a wild ride. I'm just telling you. Yeah, one's gonna be a wild ride, um, and then the other is a is a rep. Um, we got to get him set up with his laptop. I know, we we, gotta, we've got to do. We got to do a little bit of a test run to see, see how everything works. Because I know these guys have got a little, a little bit different setups than we've got. You know, we're, we're set up to keep doing this once a week. Whereas working with people that are only going to be temporary, you know, they've got to deal with either calling in on phone or using a computer laptop or a computer laptop. That was terrible. You can make fun of that all day later. Oh yeah, I'm um, gonna crush that when I edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got to work out some technical difficulties, and some of it, honestly, we really wanted to do this one guy a couple of episodes ago, but it's been a busy couple of weeks with everybody recovering from this mess. I mean, January is just not it. It's a wild ride in this industry. I mean, the weather's nice and cold now. Um service calls are rolling uh, so the other guy we were going to have on here is a tech for a company and we told him about the podcast so he's listened to all of them now and he's waiting on the next one <laughs> and <laughs> he, he has long car rides so he gets long job sites or back and forth in between them so um, but he told me my my critter game was pretty weak uh, that the episode uh, where we talked about all the animals and crap we come across. Apparently, he's been bitten by about everything that there is. <laughs> so uh, I can't wait to hear what he's got. So he told that'll me, be a he told critter me a few, part two. He told me a few interesting ones, and I was like, I was like, you gotta save those, save those. Oh yeah. Well, that was the thing. We we started talking about that that night, and I didn't have any of it wrote down. Like. That's just what I could think about. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, I, I had that happen to me too. And me and him got on the phone and I was like, man, we're never going to go off the phone with each other. Just shop talk. So we'll have critter, critter catch or critter part two shop talk. Nice. I mean, I could do that all day. Well, uh, I want to get another tech on here. I really do. I think, I think that'll be fun. What he's seeing, what happened, you know, what he comes across. That's what's cool about me because I, I came from that side. I did all the bad habits. I've I've done it all wrong and did it all right. You know, I mean, it's just. Now, do you want do you want just a regular service tech or do you want another, you know, distributor tech? Or hell, we should do both at some point. But. Oh, yeah. If I could get another distributor tech on here. Let's see. Well, yeah, we could go round and round on that. What about another salesman? Another salesman on here. I don't know if we could handle two salesmen 
on here. Well, we are. The rep's got to be a salesman. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's a. We'll nickname him Keith. We got a, our friend Keith and uh, and Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> Keith and Raleigh. Yep. <laughs> oh, we'll have to bring that up. That yep. story. That was great. I still keep wanting, yeah, he, wanting to know if the guy in Georgia had the same problem and it was backwards. Well, so, so our, our salesman buddy in Raleigh finally, he's pretty new, but he, he finally won a pretty good size award and it was the wrong name on it. Yeah. <laughs> the first name, <laughs> first but name the, the, yeah, but we, his first name's, I mean, it, we got a guy with that name, and he's also a salesman in Georgia. That's uh, it also was won an award too. So I keep oh, wanting yeah, just to a, switch the names by accident. That was a cluster, but all right. You got anything else? I think that's uh, I think that's it. So that's how you make a million dollars. That's in HVAC. it. And stay tuned. It's just for, yeah, it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for for more uh, stock market tips. Uh, yeah, do not come here for your stock <laughs> your stock <laughs> snacks or whatever they call to the moon. <laughs> so if you buy it low and when it goes high, you sell it. That's how you make money. It's golden. All right, see y'all guys next time.